Welcome back to another episode of Important Miscellaneous Talks. I am your host, Glasser Crossfield, and we are changing the world one podcast at a time. Our wonderful guest, please introduce yourself. What's up? My name is Jamie. I'm a 25-year-old uh, individual from Canada, currently here in Medellin, Colombia. Happy to be on. Got you. So, uh, um, can you say about for me? Can I what? Can you say about for me? About. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, so, e- explain what you do for the people that don't know. Yeah, so uh, I run a uh, personal branding and social media agency. So uh, myself and my business partner have a, a team of about 15. Uh, three of us are full-time and 12 are kind of part-time. And uh, basically what we do is we take on uh, high-level entrepreneurs that have never invested in personal branding before. And we, uh, we try to grow them on Instagram reels and TikToks so that they can grow not just their personal brands, but their businesses as well. And uh, that business that I've started has allowed me to, to travel a little bit. That's why I'm here in Columbia. My business partner lives here. And uh, soon I'll be uh, moving to your city in LA. So pretty excited to get out there. I'm in New York City, so definitely let me know. I'll be I'll be in New York in a couple of weeks. Got you. Let's let's, let's do it. Did, did you always expect to be doing this for a living? Yeah. So uh, back in 2016, I kind of started uh, my route through uh, videography and content creation. So once I started that, I knew that I was going to do something in producing videos and making social media content. I was pretty obsessive, and even dating back to 2012, without even realizing, I was growing like Facebook pages um, organically and kind of cultivated that skill set in high school. Um, But yeah, so I always had an inkling that I I would have some sort of like content creation business, whether that was like a freelance videographer, uh, travel content creator, or an agency owner. And I'm definitely happy I went the agency route. So why did you start traveling and where does that love of traveling stem from? So I started traveling with my family. when I was in high school, mostly my, uh, my dad took us on a couple of Europe trips, which kind of gave me the travel bug. And then, uh, after that, once, uh, once I got old enough back in 2016, I did Whistler with one of my best friends, Ben, we did a mountain biking trip on the West coast of Canada. Uh, and then that was like super adventurous, super exciting. And I just wanted more. Then we did another Europe trip summer, 2016, then 2017, I did, uh, New York with a bunch of friends, uh, which was super exciting. I uh, was there for a week. And then later that year, went to South America for the first time, went to Chile. Um, and then I, I was like, I'm so hooked and in love with this that uh, I booked a, a three month solo trip to Southeast Asia. or to Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, Philippines, Indonesia, and Western Australia um, over three months in 2018. And then 2019, I did Peru for a couple of weeks. I did Europe again for a month, pandemic hit, and I just started traveling again. So that's kind of a little history of my travels there and how they started. Well, what has been the best country that you've gone to so far? I love this question. Every single time somebody asks me this, it's I, I have the same answer, and it's the Philippines. Um, I've never been to a place that is so incredibly beautiful. Um, and the only thing that is more beautiful than the landscapes and the beaches and the blue water and the incredible lagoons and even the wildlife are the people um the people the filipino people are so kind they're so welcoming they're the types of people that will give you the shirt off their back and expect you to give them nothing in return they'll 
invite you in for lunch. They'll invite you in for dinner. They will genuinely make you feel more at home than sometimes even in your home country. So um, I highly recommend if anybody's listening to this and you want to go to the Philippines, like it's a special place with some very, very special and kind people. Got you. I, I, I would have not, I would have not expected the Philippines. I hear more about Thailand than do the Philippines. Yeah. Everybody talks about Thailand. I've been to Thailand. I spent 35 days there and it's uh it's beautiful. It's wonderful, but the culture in the Philippines is just a little bit different. It's a lot more welcoming. It's a lot. And that's not to say that Thai people aren't welcoming. They're super, super kind. Um, but in the Philippines, like the culture is just, it's centered around hospitality. So I didn't stay with, uh, in the tours, in the main tourist area in the island of Shardau where I was, I stayed uh, in a town called Dapa and I stayed with a lot of locals. And so every night I would go out to like local barbecues and then I would have like the mayor invite me in for a, a dinner or a lunch. Um, I would go like, there's in the Philippines. Yeah. Like wow. in these small little towns, um, I went island hopping and I remember my last day um, my tour guide was, I felt like we had explored the whole island and most of the main tourism spots. And I saw a few other surrounding islands that just look beautiful. And I was like, what's over there? He's like, oh, like tourists don't go there. It's just a couple of small villages. I was like, let's go tomorrow. So I ended up going and I think I was the first tourist to ever visit these people. And what was so beautiful about it was like in the Philippines, they teach you English at the age of like three. So every kid and every parent spoke very good English. And so the language barrier, like, wasn't really a thing and I remember I was vlogging at the time and I was taking my camera out and I had like a, a group of like it started as like one two then it got to 10 then it got to 15 then 20 then like 30 kids on this island just started like following me around wanting to like see my camera see my drone we went swimming together and um then their parents were like oh thank you for being so friendly and then they were even more friendly by inviting me in and uh to me like that that was probably the best day of my life was uh just get, getting to hang out with these people having a, a truly human experience and i i genuinely feel like very few people have ever experienced that is awesome wow so when you travel do you always get a, a tour guide or is that something that you have to look into it's uh it it, it varies so like while i'm here in colombia like i don't have a tour guide my business partner's here uh, i made a few connections here so I kind of just hang out with them and go off their recommendations. Um, but when I was in the Philippines, like normally I would just go by myself. I'd rent a scooter and like I would do enough research that I know where to go. Um, but my Airbnb host highly recommended um, her her guy. And I was like, okay, let's let's do this. And we had a, I had a, a private tour guide for the week, uh, which maybe cost me like 60 to 70 bucks to take me like all across the island for like seven days um wow. it was it was so worth it and uh such an enriching experience i see you follow the digital bromad on instagram that's my guy we've been hanging out a lot in colombia i was just oh, with wow. him on the weekend small world i interviewed yeah. him too no way yeah so i was with him uh for his birthday weekend so i saw his content like a little while ago mm -hmm. um about like how to get big booty latinas and i was like oh my goodness that's, that's my kind of video. And uh, so so I was like, I saw on his uh, TikTok, he's like, I'm headed to Medellin tomorrow. And I was like, I'm in Medellin right now. So I messaged him and I was like, bro, like you make the best content on the planet. Like there's, it's, it's perfect. I was like, I have to meet you. 
And he's like, come to Vintrash Tuesday for the language exchange. It's like the same place as the videos, like same place. I was like, man, this guy follows his own advice. So I was like, okay, let's go. We met up there and just like really hit it off. And then he's like, bro, I'm thinking of getting a mansion in Colombia in the mountains this weekend. Do you want to pitch in? I'm like, yeah. He's like, dope. It's my birthday. Let's have a good time. And uh, wow. yeah, it was, we, we had an exceptional time together. It was, uh, it was good. The more important question is, did you yourself get any big booty Latinas? Uh, I'm not going to say that publicly. <laughs> <laughs> I respect you. Have, you have, My mom might listen to this. You have a brand to protect. I understand that. So yeah. what are some of the pros and cons of traveling this much? Um, so I've been traveling a lot since like February. So I did like LA for six weeks. I did Panama for a day. I did Columbia for a week. Then I did Miami, Tampa. And then uh, after Miami, I came back to Columbia. And now I'm off to Atlanta, Miami, New York, Minneapolis, and then probably LA again. Um, it's a hectic schedule. It's extremely difficult and challenging to develop a routine. I like, I can't develop a routine. So time difference uh, is gonna. <laughs> yeah, time difference. Like I've been staying pretty much all in the Western Hemisphere. So like the biggest time change I did was like L.A. to Columbia, which was like a two-hour difference. Mm. Um, so for the most part, I'm like staying within a pretty reasonable time zone. But like, what's really challenging is. Staying on top of your fitness is difficult. Like I just got back from the gym and I just started getting back into the gym since the first time I left Canada back in February. And we're at the end of April right now. Um, so like, yeah, staying on top of your health and like nutrition is really difficult when like you're constantly in hotels and Airbnbs. One of the times I don't have a kitchen. So I'm just like eating out every meal. And a lot of the, like, if I'm in Colombia, I don't necessarily have, access to like meal prep as easily mm -hmm. um and you know sometimes you go to la like it's just expensive so you got to find like what's cost effective and then um everything so like that the health and nutrition side of it is really really difficult but um i i think i'm getting more the hang of it now that i'm kind of like three months in uh into since when i left home but it's certainly my biggest challenge but i think uh, i think i'm doing a decent job this week of conquering it would you say that the pros heavily outweigh the cons? Yeah, for sure. Um, another one of the things that I always describe to people is like, now that I'm traveling a lot for business and for work, it's something that I've dreamed of since I was a kid, being able to like technically work where I please. Like I didn't have to come to Columbia, but I felt called to, and I felt like I really wanted to be here. And, and so I came and, and I can get a lot of my edits done. I can kind of manage our team. Um, I can still communicate with clients and that stuff, but, uh, what I'm not doing, which is one of my favorite things is the adventurous side. I, I have, I'm not going on hikes. I'm not checking out beaches. If I'm going to beaches when I was in LA, it was like, I wasn't really hanging out there. It was like, I would watch the sunset and then I'd go back to my place and I'd, I'd work. Um, so it was like a little break. Um, but yeah, the adventurous side of me, because I'm so focused on the business right now is, is non-existent. But I believe I'm kind of delaying my gratification there. Whereas like if I can build and systemize this business effectively and efficiently, then essentially that'll allow me more time every week to go do the things that I truly care about most, even though I do love business just as much. How, how old are you? I'm 25. Oh, wow. Wow. You're definitely uh, 
We are way ahead of the green, man. Wow. I appreciate that. Keep doing what you're doing. How can someone with, with an average salary live a similar lifestyle to you? Yeah, this is a great question. So what I'd, uh, what I'd recommend is, and, and this is, it's so good that you asked this because the average U.S. salary is like a king's salary in many countries. So what you need to do is make sure that your salary and your job allows for remote capabilities. <laughs> if not, if not, like develop yourself into having a skill set that allows you to go remote somehow. So a lot of jobs that that could include is like a, being a video editor, being a graphic designer, a data analyst, having a software a engineer. Uh, pardon? I said having a podcast. <laughs> exactly. Having a successful podcast. You're not tied down to a location. Anything that you can do where you leverage the internet um, is essentially going to get you to where you want to go. And then you could live in places like Colombia or Southeast Asia, like in Thailand, in Malaysia, in the Philippines. Actually, I don't recommend the Philippines. The internet connection sucks. Their internet uh, is, isn't the best. Um, or, but Bali is a good example. Other parts of Indonesia. So basically what you could take is, let's say you have a 50K US salary, right? And in New York, that's not going to get you very far. You're, you're very, you're, you will be living paycheck to paycheck. And in fact, like you may even be going, you're probably going into debt based off your, your rent, your insurance, your um, transportation expenses, your food expenses. And then if you have student loans, like all those things. So of those $50,000 a year, like let's say you get $3,000 a month after tax. Okay. So you've got three grand to go between all of those things. You're not, you're lucky if you're left over with like even a hundred, 200 bucks. Mm -hmm. um, you could go to Bali and you could spend $400 a month on rent, get yourself a really nice spot. You even probably have like a shared communal pool. Um, you have your own little private kitchen. You have like a nice little like studio apartment. Uh, you're walking distance to the beach. Uh, you have fantastic weather. You basically have like the beautiful and then the rainy season. The rainy season doesn't rain every hour of the day. Then you're spending like, if you eat locally, you're spending one to $3 a meal. If you eat more Western cuisine, then you're spending eight to 15 per meal. Um, sometimes even less. If you want transportation, you could buy yourself your own little scooter for like 500 bucks, sell it after the couple months that you're there for another 300. It costs you $200 for the three months that you were living there. And you basically went from having the purchasing power of nothing in New York to making like the equivalent of like a six figure salary in Bali. Wow. That's wow. That's amazing. I keep hearing all of this about Colombia, man. I got to get out there. I love Colombia. I've always yeah. wanted to go. And between you and digital bromad, it's like, it's a foregone conclusion, man. I have to go out there. Wow. I highly, highly recommend Medellin. Um, a lot of people always, and I'm seeing it in my comment section on TikTok, which is very frustrating. They're like, oh, well, tell me when you, uh, like, come back to me when you uh, lose your kidney. Or like, isn't it all drugs there? Like, and I'm just, I'm sick of hearing it. Mm -hmm. Because people, like, they watch Narcos and they're like, oh, that's what Medellin is. And I'm like, bro, like, you're, you were talking about one of the greatest establishments in, like, progressions within a city in the last 30 years on the planet. They mm -hmm. went from 
serious narco-terrorism in the late 80s, early 90s, to now being one of the hubs for expats in the world. Um, the malls here are much better than the malls that we have in Canada, which is a clear indicator that, you know, the Colombian economy in Medellin is doing well, mm. um, at least. And I, I can only, um, I will preface this by saying I can only talk about certain parts of Medellin. I haven't explored the whole city. Um, so I'm sure there's, it has its own sets of problems as well. Um, but um, from a foreigner's perspective of coming in, the people are incredibly kind. Um, it is an affordable cost of living. It's much cheaper than any city in, in the United States. And you're going to, you're just going to increase your living quality. So the gyms to me are nicer than what I've, I've seen back home. Um, you know, like the, the Ubers, like my, my gym was like two and a half miles away. And it was like a $2 Uber to get here. Um, you could, you could literally budget like $10 a day on Ubers and you could go like all around these different neighborhoods. Um, you know, the, the cost of food is, is lower, but the quality of food is higher. There's less preservatives in the food. So even when you eat like unhealthy, like pizza, it's better quality pizza than what you get back home. Um, the Latin community is extremely vibrant. When you go out for a night out, like people actually dance. It's not like the classic guy to bar that's just like raising his drink and he's like this, you know, like, and he's kind of like fist bumping and then like everybody just grinding on each other. Like, yeah, that happens. But a lot of the times like dance is actually like, it's an art form here and it's how people express themselves. And, um, and it's not necessarily like in a sexual way. It's just like, Hey, let's, let's move our bodies together and like, let's flow and, and, and get into rhythm. Um, and to me, it's just, it's so vibrant and, and vivid that I, I, I love it. I'm kind of hooked. Uh, what's the best way to become the next Jamie Lee? Um, so there's a couple steps, I would say. Um, one, um, the Jamie Lee that I am today is not the Jamie Lee that I want to be tomorrow. I always want to progress. I always want to, like, every day get 1% better. That's in, in all aspects of my life. So right now, like, I've neglected on my fitness a little bit. So, hey, let's work on my fitness. Let's keep working on the business and other things. So have that mindset that it's, like, always try to figure out, like, have the self-awareness and the humility to recognize that you are – like you, you need to improve on certain things, but also have the self-compassion to realize that like, don't beat yourself up about it. It's fine. Everybody has work to do, no matter how far you get in life. Um, the next thing is be aggressive with your opportunities. So I left Canada in February and February 2nd, and I was anticipating a seven-day trip to Los Angeles. On day three, I was presented with a bunch of opportunities from uh, a bunch of American business owners that were like, hey, we've seen your quality of work and we'd love to, to work with you. And then I realized that it was actually my best interest to stay and to pursue that opportunity. And I, I made that decision like this. I didn't waver. I didn't think about it. I was like, Oh, okay. Like this is so clear and obvious to me that I'm going to make that choice. So be aggressive with your opportunity, but be fast in your decision-making. Like don't dwell. Like if I sat for a few days and was like, Oh, I was moving to LA. The right decision is coming to the U S like the right thing for me. Like, I wouldn't be like progressed the way that I have in the past three months. Um, and then the other part of it is do, if, if you find yourself like a goal or something that you truly like care about and you're passionate about for me, that was like video production and social media strategy and, and photos. Like I just love every aspect of it. Like I adore 
editing photos. I adore editing videos. I adore like getting on calls and, and teaching clients like, okay, these are the best social media practices. I love every aspect of that. And so if your goal is to make the thing that you love your, your life and that lifestyle, then you simply can't give up because I wanted to be in the position that I'm in now eight years ago. And I wanted to be in it six years ago and four years ago. And I wanted to be in my position one year ago and six months ago, you know, in that entire time, I was not, I was not in Colombia. I was not traveling. I didn't have access to the rest of the world. I didn't have access to clients that could pay me a full-time income. I didn't have access to a team that I could manage, but I've always wanted that. And I've always wanted to like help people with that. But the fact that I spent six and a half years focusing on the same goal and every day just kind of chipping away at it. And like, I always knew it would happen and I didn't care if it happened at 25 or 35. Like I was actually willing to like go through another 10 years of nothingness. Um, But most people aren't right. Like most people would rather like I've had very stable job offers based off my skill set that could pay me decent money in Canada. And I would have a nice little apartment but I always knew that what I'm doing now is what I really wanted. And there's still several steps further that I want to take it to. Um, but if you don't, if you really don't give up, man, like it, it, it's inevitable. It's like Thanos. Mm. <laughs> I'm inevitable. Wow. Why did you get on TikTok? That's a great question. So it's a, it's a bit of a long story. So I got on TikTok early. Like I started posting a couple bits of content. I think my first post was like 2018. Uh, and then I, I started posting a little bit of my travels in like 2019, but didn't really know what I was doing. Then I got a, one of those stable cushy jobs in 2019, working for an agency as a videographer and social media manager. I was also a busboy at a steakhouse and had a side hustle of doing restaurant photos and social media projects. So like three jobs and then the pandemic hit, lost all three. But I was always studying social media platforms. I was always studying like how YouTube's like keyword research works, how like Instagram hashtag strategy works. And I couldn't help but notice like, man, like the opportunities that people are getting on TikTok in a short period of time are different than anywhere else. So when I saw that and I realized, man, I lost all three of my jobs. Why don't I just go all in on this one platform and try to make the dream happen? Mm. And which the dream has been like be paid to travel and make content. So I repackaged like all of my travel videos and vlogs into like little TikToks in like 2020 and then pivoted to doing local Ottawa content. So my city in Ottawa, I'd be like that guy that would just show you like this is the best hike that you ever seen and nobody knew about it. So then they'd get a lot of views. Like my first video got like 150,000 and then the next one got like 250,000 and then the next one got like 400,000. So by the end of the week, I had like a million views and 10,000 new followers just because I focused on like such a small niche of local people that wanted to travel, but they couldn't. So they could only travel locally. And then, uh, so yeah, I started building my content that way. And then the last couple of years, I've just had so many people ask me to grow their platforms and their accounts. And I've, I've kept doing it for them, but focusing less on myself. In the last like month, I've put a lot of effort back into me and growing my content, but also not just showing the adventurous side of things, but talking about the things that I've learned in the last six years about social media, about video editing, about content creation, about 
um, just how to how to build an authentic brand uh, in 2022. What would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned from all this traveling? Oh, okay. I love this. Um, there's a few. So one of them is like, I do a lot of solo travel mm. and that's something that most people never, never attempt. Right. So like I was 21 years old when I went to Southeast Asia for the first time and I went by myself. I didn't have, I didn't know anyone out there. Like when I went to Thailand, like it wasn't like I had friends waiting for me. I had to make new friends and I had to make new relationships. And every day was, I was meeting new people. And I did that for like almost three months. So like you really learn how to be alone and not lonely, which is Mm. a skill that nobody practices when you're constantly having access to people that you can like FaceTime, you can Snapchat them, you can call them over to your crib. You can like go hang out with them. You can go make a dinner reservation. And it's like people that have existed in your life for a long time or the new people that are coming into your life are the ones that your friends are introducing you to. So there's like warm intros. You know, like mm. you're not you're not really meeting new people. You're not working on your social skills. No, like you're actually staying in like the most comfortable social environment ever. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's wonderful. But I really was like, let's put myself really out there, like geographically and physically. And so that skill of learning how to be alone and not lonely is is great. You also learn how to understand how like every little decision that you make somehow has ended up to you being in New York right now and me being in Colombia right now. And you kind of retrace those steps and that creates a lot of gratitude. You're like, damn, like, mm-hmm. like if I didn't get laid off from my job and lose all three of those jobs, like and get completely wiped out, I wouldn't be in Colombia. I wouldn't have a business today. Cause I wouldn't have started that TikTok account or I wouldn't have the time to invest in my personal brand, which has then led to the opportunities that I'm seeing today. So it's really like, and I'll finish the, your question with this last thing. It's created an 18 month rule in my life. And that 18 month rule is like, never, never judge um, a situation as bad for you until 18 months after the fact, because more often than not, the, ter- the terrible things that happen to you open up the doors that actually create the biggest amount of growth and most amount of happiness for you. Like, so if I, if I didn't like work on myself during my solo travels and my experiences, I don't think I would have, I would have like the ma- emotional maturity to come up with like something like that, you know? Got you. Have you thought about writing a book? It's crossed my mind. Um, I, I have a, a lot on my list that I want to accomplish and a lot on my list that I want to see and explore uh, and a lot of places that I need to go to before I consider writing something. Um, I, I really, my, my goal is to have a life that's worth writing a book about. And, and I think I'm getting, I, I think I'm a few chapters in, but I don't think I'm, I'm at, the, at the completion of, of a book yet. Just write multiple books, write one book for every three years. <laughs> I, I've thought about it, but I don't like writing that much. Okay. Like I'm the type, if I were to ever write a book, it'd be like a once every 10 years thing. Like, okay. I, I, I I'm not, I, I like making videos. I like taking photos. I don't like, I don't just like sit down and write. Got you. What would you say is the best social media platform to grow on and why? And what would be the next best in three years? So 100% TikTok, 
I'm not going to predict three years out because three years ago it wasn't TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like TikTok was kind of just changing from musically like three and a half years ago. Um, and so, and algorithms can change tomorrow. And then all of a sudden YouTube is the best. Mm-hmm. I don't know that, but as of right now, which is April 25th, 2022, um, there's never been a place like TikTok. Um, you can use hashtags and target every demographic you've ever imagined. You know, like I targeted Ottawa, Canada and Ottawa foodies. And I would use like very specific hashtags to target my city and then the demographics within my city. Um, And then that grew my audience really quickly. Um, It's like, I genuinely believe, and I've said this to a few people before, every problem that you've ever had for yourself, whether that's financially or with, uh, you know, the opportunities that have come into your life is going to be solved by posting a thousand times on TikTok in the next 24 months. That's, that's literally the formula. you like, after a thousand posts, you will know what works. You're like, I don't even need to give you a strategy there. It's like, if you post a thousand times, post 167 is going to do better than everything else. And you're like, okay, let me just do post 168 similar to that. And you just keep that process over and over and over every dream that you've ever had will, will occur and it will happen. It's just, it's like Thanos, it's inevitable. <laughs> oh man. What would you say is the number one rule when it comes to building a personal brand? Um, you have to always think about the consumer and the audience first. Mm. So you have to think, does this actually give somebody like, can somebody listen to the advice that I'm giving? and actually execute on it immediately. Because if you if you can't answer that question, then your content is a little too focused on you and not enough focused on them. I like, I don't care about how many followers I have. If five people take my advice, execute on it and actually see some sort of success from it. To me, that's like mind blowing. Over time, I really hope that that scales out into like a bigger and bigger thing, but like, everything is about giving it's not about taking if you consistently give more than you take in every manifestation of your life you will be happier you'll be much more satisfied and you should never expect anything in return because the gift of giving is the giving itself so it's like give to your audience give what they are are wanting for when they ask questions engage with them like comment and respond to like everybody that you possibly can like it shouldn't be a one-sided relationship Right, like make people fall in love with you by giving a shit about them. Mm. That's dope. My final question: How can someone in the podcasting industry use social media to their advantage, or some of the best ways to? Yeah. So what I would do is like on a show like yours, reverse engineer. Like you don't need to know a whole lot about the guest, but what you could do is have like one or two like brilliant questions. Like, like questions that you think like have viral potential or like, so that could be something like, um, what's a struggle that you overcame that shaped you into the person that you are today? Because that's sort because that tells a story. You're queuing a story up for somebody, right? And stories always connect with people better and they always sell and they're, they're just more human. And so if you have like one or two questions for every guest that you know where's a prompt to tell a story, then what you do is you just like take that clip, post it to TikTok, maybe add some captions or just some transcriptions or whatever that looks like, 
and just have their beautiful stories get told on your platform. And then on Instagram Reels, you can always collab post with them if they're open to it um, to, to share that story. That's really, really what I recommend there. Got you. I appreciate that. Well, that is all I have for you today. I thank you so much for taking the time out. No worries. I thank you for uh, for having me on, and uh, I'll let you know when I'm in New York. Let's link up. For sure.